0: at the time I just thought wow like I must have been like really asleep then because I'm like really off balance I'm feeling really strange I just thought at the time I'm still half asleep here um, I sort of made my way downstairs into the lounge where I was planning to like do some stretching and I just sort of collapsed onto the sofa sort of laid sort of sat back and was sat there thinking like Whoa, what's what's happening here I feel I feel I feel strange there's something's not right here it started off as I would think a word and I would try and say the word I was thinking of and a completely different word would come out. I was doing that for, I don't know, a minute or so. And then I was sort of like, OK, this this isn't good. I need to I need to wake my wife up. So then I went back. I sort of started climbing the stairs again. And then the whole way up, I was like, right, I need to, to wake my wife. I need to say her name. Say her name's Catherine. So say cat, cat, cat. I just felt like I was on fire. In hindsight, the whole right side of my body was numb. And the way, at the moment in time, the, what I, all I could feel was that I felt hot. I wasn't aware that I had no sensation in the right side. I wasn't aware that my left side was fine. It just, that's how it presented. But yeah, then the paramedics arrived. By this point, I'd sort of, I still felt very vacant, like not really all there. I kept saying the wrong dates, she was asking for my date of birth, like I was thinking my date of birth, I just kept saying completely random numbers which was really confusing her and like really, yeah it was really frustrating because I, I was like I know, I'm know i thinking the right thing, I know my date of birth, like I just can't say it and yeah then I was sort of handed over to a busy Covid times A&E department so I just spent a long time in A&E seeing tech doctors and nurses and sort of going through that process.
1: Hello, it's Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today, we hear from James Bodin from Bracknell. James suffered a stroke when he was 30.
0: Pre stroke, I was a pretty average person, to be honest. I recently had my wife and I would recently had our first child. So, my son at the time was four months old. It was obviously in and out of the COVID times, so it was in and out of lockdowns and things like that. But um, generally, you know, worked full time job as a project manager. I hobbies were sort of football, watching football, playing football, seeing friends, seeing family. Um, I'd recently found out I had a place on the London Marathon, so I just got started. About I was about two or three weeks into getting seriously into running to run a planned marathon in October twenty twenty one so that's that's sort of where i was at with my life to be honest at that time at that moment in time the day of my stroke was i as i I sort of mentioned i was running at the time training for the marathon so i was on a rest day so my alarm went off five half five something like that um i i was in bed with my wife and then my phone alarm went off and then i picked up my right hand because i'm right-handed i couldn't i couldn't swipe the phone to turn the alarm off i kept I just kept dropping my phone. My we had obviously had a sleeping baby with us. My wife was like, Shh, "Turn your alarm off," and I just I kept dropping my phone. And then I used my left arm, turn the alarm off, got out of bed, stumbled into the um, wardrobe, and then sort of stumbled back into the bed, and sort of used my left arm to sort of against the wall to walk around out of the room, sort of like was the I just at the time I just thought, wow, like I must have been like really asleep then because. I'm like really off balance I'm feeling really strange I just thought at the time I'm still half asleep here Um, I sort of made my way downstairs into the lounge where I was planning to like do some stretching and I just sort of collapsed onto the sofa sort of laid sort of sat back and was sat there thinking like whoa what's what's happening here I feel I feel I feel strange there's something's not right here it was then at that point I sort of became aware that I couldn't talk or I, I don't know what made me realize that but i thought i don't i don't think i can talk so i at, it started off as i would think a word and i'll try and say the word i was thinking of and a completely different word would come out i was doing that for i don't know a minute or so and then i was sort of like okay this this isn't good i need to I need to wake my wife up so then i went back i sort of started climbing the stairs again and then the whole way up i was like right i need to. St- to wake my wife i need to say her name say her name's catherine so say cat 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 open the door and then i just was thinking cat like just say it say it and then just nothing i couldn't get any words to come out of my mouth but she woke and came out straight away she actually well first of all she was like oh someone's someone's died something's happened like he can't he he doesn't he can't talk to me something's seriously wrong and then i i think very quickly I transitioned to all oh, he's sick something's wrong with him and then she straight away sort of said I think you're having a stroke sit down so I sort of sat down I sort of put my head in my hands and didn't really know I, I still couldn't talk I didn't know what was happening I just was really everything was really confusing I was sort of like yeah I didn't know what was going on um I also it's sort of very typical and very cliche but I just sort of thought I, I'm not having a stroke that's like really serious and that that doesn't that wouldn't happen to me but my wife straight away sort of rang I think my my I tra- I transitioned into then sort of being able to say a few words and I sort of was trying to sort of say I don't think I'm having a stroke and my wife was really concerned she initially rang 111 and then because of the time of the morning we were very fortunate we got straight through and they the the call handler spoke to me I was still confused saying the wrong words not making any sense she straight away sort of said yeah you're having a stroke and then called she sent an ambulance round, and yeah so I then sort of went my wife sort of helped me back to the lounge and I sort of just laid on the sofa and I my speech had transitioned into sort of it would take me three or four attempts to say the word I was trying to say, but I could I had regained an ability to sort of say some words rather than that acute period of five to ten minutes where I could not speak at all. I also at this point, like my body felt strange. So I felt my I felt like my body was really hot. I kept saying to my wife, my body, like I'm I'm on fire, like feel my body. And she touched, like, my body said, no, no, your normal temperature, like, don't worry. And then I just kept – I just felt like I was on fire. In hindsight, the whole right side of my body was numb, and the way – at the moment in time, the, what I, all I could feel was that I felt hot. I wasn't aware that I had no sensation in the right side. I wasn't aware that my left side was fine. It just – that's how it presented. But, yeah, then the paramedics arrived. By this point, I'd sort of – I still felt very vacant, like not really all there. And I just felt, I just felt really, I felt sick. I felt like there were paramedics I didn't know in my home. I was a bit like, I didn't really want that. I just kind of wanted to like be at home and feel safe. So I spoke to the paramedics best I could. My wife was also sort of chipping in and helping. And they did lots of different tests on me, like movement tests, speech tests lots of different things they were satisfied they didn't think it was a stroke but they weren't um, they needed sort of um, approval from a doctor so they called a doctor i spoke to the doctor the doctor was satisfied it wasn't a stroke but was concerned and advised me to check in with my gp once my gp opened that day the paramedics were probably with me like over an hour because we had to wait quite a long time for the gp to call us back um, and that sort of period I was just sort of lying on the sofa feeling just completely exhausted I just sort of wasn't really doing or saying much then yeah the paramedics left and I sort of was still not really speaking properly I kept saying the wrong words and normally I'm quite I'm very calm in situations I'm quite pragmatic with my thought process and quite often I'm, I'll probably be like oh look it, it's not it's nothing serious it's it's much more likely to be something not serious but at best, time my wife was sort of saying what should we do I couldn't the fact I lost completely lost the ability to speak it didn't seem like anything not serious so I we sort of made a decision to just to go to AE so my wife drove to and e which was about a 30 minute drive when I got to an I then couldn't I sort of regressed with my speech I I then lost I couldn't speak again the nurse at the door because it was covid you had to like be greeted at the door and you couldn't go until and only one person can go, and all that sort of thing but uh, the nurse greeted me i she looked, asked me what was wrong i couldn't i couldn't tell her I just i was thinking what i wanted to say but i couldn't speak so i just had to look at my wife she sort of explained i think he's had a stroke then said okay great you need to go see the desk and then we'll sort of see you right away got to the desk to give them my information and again i couldn't <laughs> at this point i couldn't I kept saying the wrong dates. She was asking for my date of birth. I I was thinking my date of birth. I just kept saying completely random numbers, which was really confusing her. And like really, yeah, it was really frustrating because I I was like, I know I'm thinking the right thing. I know my date of birth. I I just can't say it. And yeah, then I was sort of handed over to a busy COVID times A&E department. So I just spent a long time in A&E seeing doctors and nurses and sort of going through that process. James faced a long wait in A&E. I think it got to only around about nine o'clock in the morning. I was because I was sort of, I, I I then sort of got a bit better, I guess. I was sort of managing the initial, um, they initially did sort of easy, that tested my heart and did all the vital checks and were satisfied. They'd known I'd already spoken to a doctor. So I wasn't like a massively urgent case for them, I don't think, because it took a long time i saw again i i at I, this moment in time i still didn't realize i had complete right-sided numbness which sounds like really strange for people to probably understand but at the time i just i didn't i didn't realize that i think had i realized that and had i communicated that i think it would have been a much bigger um concern and a much sort of um higher priority that oh yeah this is presenting as a stroke because at one point i saw a doctor i'd waited hours to see a doctor i saw a doctor and he asked me to shut my eyes he said i'm gonna touch your leg tell me if you can feel it and then tell me once i touch your arm and tell me once i touch your face i felt him touch my left leg he sort of was poking me he worked his way at my left leg and then he poked his way at my left arm and then he poked his way on my face my the left side of my face and i was like yeah i can feel you're my leg you're my arm blah 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 on hindsight again uh, it sounds silly to say but on hindsight he was poking both sides of my body I just think he didn't make it clear or he maybe made it clear because I was I just had a stroke and I just wasn't really taking information on very well I was like not really understanding things particularly well so that was a that was another key point where I think had I understood he was poking both sides of my body and communicated that my right side was completely numb, I couldn't feel it. That again probably would have heightened my sort of urgency. But then it sort of got to a point. I was in A and E all day. They didn't because I was at risk of having because they I was a, at the time didn't realize I had a stroke, but they didn't want me to eat because strokes can affect your swallow reflex. So I hadn't eaten all day. I was sort of sat just on a chair in A People sort of come in and go in, and then got to sort of seven o'clock at night. And a stroke nurse had come down from the stroke ward. I'd been speaking to her throughout the day. She was sort of trying to get stroke consultants down to check me over, but they were sort of busy with other priorities and things. Eventually, there was a bit of a conversation between the stroke nurse and an AE nurse, and um they kind of it was a either a Thursday or a Friday. It was late in the week. I think it was maybe like a Friday morning. So like we we're about to hit the weekend where obviously it's harder to get GP or medical support. so I they were the the stroke nurse wanted to sort of she so saying look, there's not really much we can do. I think you should just come back on Monday. but the a and E nurse was sort of saying look, you don't know what's wrong with him. I think he needs to stay. I don't think you could just send him home. I then again I was I was just I was completely exhausted because I just had a stroke. I hadn't eaten all day. I was tired. Like I wasn't. I was not really in a functional place to make decisions and understand what was best for me. But I, the stroke nurse, basically called my wife. My wife said, "Look, you can't come home. Like what happens if what happens if this happens again? We don't know what's going on." Yeah, they did um, admit me that night. Um, It was quite late at night. I sort of they found a bed for me, and they, I think, in like the middle of the night, they wheeled me off for an MRI scan on my brain again I just had a stroke I was exhausted I was just sort of doctors were coming in and poking me and prodding me and doing the various tests I was just sort of a bit oblivious and a bit sort of out of it to be honest but yeah the next morning the consultant came around to do the rounds and sort of sat me down or sort of sat me up in bed and said look I'm sorry to tell you this but you've you've had a stroke to be honest it wasn't (laughs) that's obviously my wife had said that after 2 minutes of looking at me at the very start of the day so it wasn't really a surprise i think he was expecting it to be a surprise to me but i was sort of like okay like i understand that i was very fortunate because i had yeah my the right side of my body was still completely numb but my speech had returned to near normal and that happened the day of the stroke throughout the day my speech was sort of gradually returning more and more to normal But overall, I was in hospital then for five days. I had, yeah, lots of tests in that time. Initially, they did like a dye test on my, the arteries in my neck to understand if, because I had an ischemic stroke, which is the most common stroke, which is where a blood clot blocks the blood vessels in your brain, which causes a cutoff of oxygen to pass your brain, which is the, which is when the acute signs, um, sort of effects of a stroke occur. Yeah, they did it like an ECG, they scanned my heart, like a CAT scan of my heart in hospital. Yeah, they did a dye test to check the arteries were clear, blocked arteries can obviously increase the risk of blood clots. All of my tests in hospital were coming back positive and weren't showing an initial sign of what the cause might have been. They were doing lots of blood tests, checking for autoimmune diseases. There was lots of like, kind of scattergun approach to tests, I think, to try and and start narrowing down what the cause might have been. But yeah, overall, I was in hospital for five days. I was discharged, yeah, sort of middle of the following week. Um, went back home to, yeah, my wife
1: and young young son. Coming up, James talks about his recovery. Initially,
0: the early days, my recovery was just real stroke fatigue. I was sort of sleeping Long hours at night and was napping in the day. I was signed off work. So I was off work completely for roughly six weeks, I'd say. I It was very much my work said it's very much on your doctor on when you come back. My doctor was very much it's on you because you need to tell us how you feel. And again, very cliche. I was like, oh, this, I'm fine. Like, I, I don't need, I don't want to be off work. I don't want people thinking I'm sick. I, I just want to get back to work. And undergoing surgery. They go in your groin and they work their way through your sort of blood vessels up to your heart and they basically implant a device which sort of blocks the hole in the heart. So I had that procedure in December 2022, so sort of 18 months after stroke, which was successful. And yeah, so in that 18 month period as well, I was only really allowed to walk in terms of exercise. James was in hospital for a short period before returning home. So part of my hospital stay, I saw physiotherapists as well and they sort of gave me exercises to do when I got home um, because during my hospital stay, it was I did, did eventually become aware, oh, the right side of my body is completely numb, I, I can't feel it. So I went home and... Yeah, there was still, I was discharged, but I was still going through lots of tests. So it was a long journey to keep going to hospital sort of once a month or every other month to sort of continue the next test and the next test and the next test to try and isolate the cause of the stroke. Initially, the early days, my recovery was just real stroke fatigue. I was sort of sleeping long hours at night and was napping in the day. I was signed off work. So I was off work completely for roughly six weeks, I would say. I It was very much, my work said it's very much on your doctor on when you come back. My doctor was very much, it's on you because you need to tell us how you feel. And again, very cliche. I was like, oh, this I'm fine. Like, I, I don't need, I don't want to be off work. I don't want people thinking I'm sick. I, I just want to get back to work. So I, I would say I definitely... Rushed back to work too soon, but I did taper back in. So I started um, on like reduced hours and was slowly built my way back up to full time. But yeah, in terms of, I guess, how I was, I had to do it's, yeah, funny with a a baby child at home. uh, My young son, he had lots of sensory toys, um, which were really useful because I basically had to do lots of sensory exercises at home. So I had to use my left hand or left foot to touch something that was spiky or something that was rough, something that was crinkly and then feel it with the corresponding part of my right side of my body to try and kind of like reteach the body and um, what that sensation feels like. I initially had like a, a my right leg was dra- dragging and not, not really obviously dragging, but like I could feel it was slower. It was a bit more difficult to to move. I, I, also found stairs quite difficult in the early days. Like it was more like it felt like a disconnect between my legs and my brain. Like it I couldn't really, I was very aware that I was having to think about how to climb the stairs, as opposed to normally you just run up and down the stairs without needing to think about it. I also had quite bad word recall issues. So I would it was like I was speaking a different language and I couldn't think of the right word to use. And I would also, I was very consistently saying the wrong words without realizing so like people would sometimes i would like people wouldn't understand what i was trying to say to them and then yeah so eventually i was yeah months and months of testing and checks some around probably like springtime in 2022 so this is what nine or so months after my stroke it was confirmed that they did um a toe bubble scan which is a trans or esophageal scan so they put basically a camera down your throat and they get really close to your heart and then they pump like a saline drip in see if any of it passes through your heart and that i sort of failed that test so there it was confirmed i had a hole in my heart which was something i'd had since birth it's sort of relatively common thing it's sort of 25 of the population have it which most people it will be sort of completely fine and nothing to worry about but in my case it is what caused my stroke so then I sort of was passed to St Thomas's Hospital in London who then had a, a sort of specialist cardio unit and they did some further tests and then I yeah it was sort of agreed between the stroke consultant and the cardio consultant that the best course of action for me considering my age and my case was that I should have a PFO closure keyhole procedure where they go in your groin and they work their way through your sort of blood vessels up to your heart and they basically implant a device which sort of blocks the hole in the heart so i had that procedure in december 2022 so sort of 18 months after stroke which was successful and yeah so in that 18 month period as well i was only really allowed to walk in terms of exercise because they were concerned that if I was to exercise, the pressure in my heart would change, which would open the hole, which would increase the risk of a blood clot getting through the heart and to my brain. I was on am still on lots of different medications to reduce the risk of a stroke happening. And I'm still under outpatient care with the hospital for my PFO closure. I've got a, another scan in This month so sort of November or December 23 to hopefully confirm it's still all good and hopefully be discharged from their care which will sort of be the final discharge from the whole sort of stroke PFO closure process. I feel really good I feel very very fortunate that I am feeling so good because the early days after my stroke, I think it's it's very easy to sort of think, why me? And sort of think, why has this happened to me? Oh, I'm so unfortunate. And I did some, um, there's a great charity called Different Strokes who I, um, they sort of do Zoom calls every sort of two weeks for stroke survivors to just speak and chat about how they're doing and all that sort of thing. They were really great for me. They were really helpful. I met people that were similar to me and it was, it was um, fantastic. I also met lots of people who weren't as fortunate as me and had severe speech difficulties or severe fatigue or severe mobility issues so it's sort of I just I came away thinking do you know what I'm really really lucky that I am so well and so healthy so yeah just feeling really sort of grateful i guess i deferred my marathon place which i obviously was training for at the time of the stroke i deferred it several times now i'm good to to run again and train So I'm sort of in the middle of training for the marathon which for me sort of it feels like once i run the marathon it'll be sort of like closing the chapter on the whole stroke process so i'm excited i'm obviously i'm running i'm sort of using my instagram to sort of share my journey on running, trying to share a bit of awareness with strokes and all that sort of thing. So overall feeling good. I am still have some very, very minor stroke symptoms long term, which um, are absolutely fine to manage daily. But yeah, feeling grateful that I'm able to run a marathon and talk about it and work a sort of full time
1: job and all that sort of thing. James says you should never hesitate to ask for help.
0: Definitely reach out whether it's just calling or emailing a charity that's out there because there are it's very common and however anyone is feeling there will be lots of people out there who are feeling exactly the same um never sort of suffer in silence there's um i've sort of only just sort of started my journey with sort of speaking to other stroke survivors but there are so many people out there who are really willing to talk and share experiences and share what helped them and what might be helpful to to other people it's it's a it's an individual process no one stroke survivor is going to feel the same as someone else um, it's important to understand that it's, it's a roller coaster you sort of you feel good you feel less good and there's there's also mental effects of a stroke there's it's a whole journey and I think it's really important to Yeah, speak to other people and just share from their experiences and just, yeah, never sort of go in it alone because there's so many people out there who are really great people, really happy to help. So, yeah, just reach out and just find people to to sort of help you through your journey.
1: Doctors were able to isolate the cause of James's stroke, a hole in the heart, and he's since had surgery to close the hole, which will greatly reduce his chances of another stroke. As ever, many thanks for listening to Stroke Stories. Please do recommend it wherever you can and rate and comment and subscribe on your preferred podcast provider. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please get in touch via X or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.